0: In chapter three of 2 Corinthians, Pastor Paul writes to the Corinthian church that Christ has qualified us as ministers of a new covenant. And then in chapter five, he continues to develop that theme, um, this ministry theme for all followers of Jesus, being given this ministry, this calling of reconciliation. Paul writes in chapter five, and God has given us this task or this ministry of reconciling people to him. This is the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is putting things right, healing, it's peacemaking, it's restoring relationships. And it's a, it's a different response than our world might have to pain and sin and suffering and evil in our world. It's a Christ-like way that, that transforms the ugly, the broken, the evil, the, the suffering and transforms it into something good rather than recycling it. Paul goes on to write, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We have the ministry of reconciliation. This new way, this Jesus way of living in the world. But how do we keep living the Jesus way when we are in the midst of tension and trouble and it makes us feel like maybe giving up or giving in? Paul answers this giving up or giving in question when we face the tensions and the troubles of our world, especially in 2 Corinthians chapter four. We're gonna read through this whole passage. I'm just gonna note some key things and I I wanna submit this to you to really take some time to reflect on it. Actually read through this passage If you're willing, um, take the challenge and read through this passage on your own and reflect on how this impacts maybe your life. But let's begin kind of marching through this passage. Paul writes, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Uh, Paul's saying, uh, just like God gives uh, mercy, he has given us uh, ministry, a new way of living so that we never give up. In verse two, We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods because this is the way of Jesus. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. Following Jesus and this ministry of reconciliation is different than uh, maybe some of the, the ways of the world around us and the pressures we might have to maybe be dishonest or to ignore the honest truth. We're honest people and we speak the truth in love. It goes on to say, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Paul is making uh, a connection that the spiritual darkness um, is behind blinding people from seeing the good news and seeing the world and seeing themselves in the light of Christ. He goes on writing this. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Jesus, the picture and very image of God, he looks maybe to those who don't yet see the goodness in him. He might look like blasphemy or look like stupidity to some people. But to those who have been transformed by the forgiveness and freedom of Jesus, he he is the righteousness, the goodness of God, the very image of God. Paul continues, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Paul's making really clear that, hey, you might look at me as like the, you know, the grand poobah, but I'm just a servant and I'm pointing to Christ and we're part of a community that like all of our jobs are to point to Christ, to to help people see his goodness and his beauty um, and the transformation found in him. So the ministry of reconciliation is not about us. It's about Jesus. He writes, for God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. It always comes back to this theme of Christ. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness, if you remember the in the book of John, the darkness can't put out the light of Christ. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. We know this from John, uh, the book of John, and what Paul's writing here. Jesus is the one that, he's the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't put it out. The same light that blinded Paul on the road to persecuting the church when he couldn't see and he couldn't love properly, this light transformed him It helped him begin to see things totally differently. And this light, the same light shines in our hearts and through our hearts For those who follow Christ. Our job is to point out this light, and this light is from Christ. N. T. Wright and uh Richard B. Hayes and other theologians have picked up on um, a New Testament theme called New Creation. This is in this passage, this is one of those places. The first chapter of Genesis, it actually says, Let there be light. Paul references this. He says, God said, Let there be light. This is a reference to creation the origin story, where God began creation by saying, let there be light. Paul is making the connection that Jesus is the new light of the new creation. God is creating a new world in the midst of the old, dark, and fallen world. And Jesus is the start of that new creation. We who follow him become agents in that new creation. Uh, as ministers of reconciliation, not ministers of destruction, not ministers of deception, but ministers of truth and reconciliation. And the light or glory that Jesus shines is actually a picture of God the Father. If you want to know what God is like, you see him revealed in the face and fullness of Jesus Christ. Moving on in verse 7, Paul writes, we now have this light shining in our hearts, But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Again, this theme that it's about Jesus and we might be frail and um, fragile and broken people, but there's there's this light, this treasure in us that is really Christ. So in frail and fragile and fallen humanity, this light of Christ is inside of us, shining from our hearts like light in a clay jar or like a clay lamp, almost this light that kind of beams out. And here's the thing I love when I think of this image. I I think and the more that the clay is cracked and crushed, the more the light will shine through. The more the the darkness tries to put out the light, the brighter the light shines. I think about this principle with someone like um, Martin Luther King Jr. We just... Um, honored that day uh, uh, a few weeks ago, and it makes me think of MLK and his legacy. The more his life was pressed and cracked and ultimately crushed, the brighter, brighter the light of Christ shone through his life and beyond his life into our world. And it just and it still echoes in history. Part of the call of the Christian is to remember that that we are frail and that. that and that we are, you know, fallen and broken. We're not perfect, we're limited, but we're loved. And God God has created us in his image and that we're becoming more human. And in our humanness and even in our frailty, there's this treasure inside. And there's something so powerful of like the human soul and the heart. When it's ignited in Christ, it like just bursts forth. It shines, the light of Christ shines. And I, I love this quote, uh, one of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. A soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. Isn't that true? The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, build signal fires, causes proper matters to catch fire. This is Clarissa, Clarissa Estes. We are built for times like these. And so we never give up and we shine the best we can from our hearts. We, we, we reveal our souls, who we are in Christ to the world, becoming more human, becoming more compassionate, becoming more empathetic, becoming more um, peacemaking, more like Christ. In this new creation ministry of light and reconciliation, this way of Jesus, Paul writes, we are pressed on every side by troubles isn't that true? But we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. And through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Christ may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. Paul is hitting on this theme that like this this typological or this modeling, this example of the Christ-like in us, this death and resurrection that is happening. And as our outer lives are pressed and troubled and go through hard times and hardships, um, we're maybe... Uh, or even persecution, or or um, being dismissed by by people in our lives or in our communities because of our love for Jesus, the way we serve in the way of Jesus, not serving ourselves, not um, taking things into our, our own hands and using power for our might and our right, but using power in a way that that gives it away and loves people and follows Christ. In this way of Christ, um, this. M- what Paul calls the ministry of reconciliation that follows the Christ pattern. We press on so the life and light of Christ will be seen in us by those who might be blinded or struggling to see Christ in the world and God in the world. And so, Paul writes, we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. This Christ pattern, this way of reconciliation, it's the way... Of of Jesus and it leads to eternal life. So when you are in stormy waters and you might think about giving up on this way of living, because it's not always easy. When you're when you're stuck or you're in a storm and the waves are hitting, it's like, man, being human in this way that opens myself um, with vulnerability and love, and it just feels like I can get railroaded and run over or dismissed, and it can be painful. And it can sometimes feel like, man, can I really keep going? Remember, we continue to preach. Paul writes because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist has said when he said, "I believe in God," and so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to Himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there are there will. Be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up, he writes. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. These, like, these bodies, these lives that we've been given, this exteriors that we have, the, the jars of clay are getting old and decaying, but the candle inside, the treasure inside, our inner light is being renewed brighter and brighter in Christ. For our present troubles are small, he writes, and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The reward of love impacting lives, lighting up the souls of others through the light of Christ. This makes the troubles that we go through, it puts them in context. The troubles you and I may be facing, remember, this too shall pass. The troubles will fade. The treasure will remain. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now, Paul writes, rather than focusing on just the troubles. We fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. What a beautiful statement, but also what a confusing statement. How do you fix your gaze on things that can't be seen? What's he talking about? Remember the the logic of this whole passage through the light and lens of Christ, we're able to see things that are, in, are invisible when, we can't, when we're not looking through the lens or the light of Christ. The most important things are often invisible, aren't they? Faith, hope, love, things of the soul. For the things we see now, Paul writes, will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Love lasts. Hope. Last faith lasts the soul lasts remember paul wrote earlier if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil it's hidden from only from people who are perishing goes on to say they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news they don't understand this message about the glory of christ who is the exact likeness of god in times in our lives and uh, people in our lives, you can, you can tell sometimes this, the deeper things, the eternal things, the invisible, spiritual things can be invisible. And only through Christ can we kind of start to have new eyes, like to see through like new glasses or have light shown in areas of darkness and blindness. And our light is from Christ and our light is to light up the world for Christ to point out the true hero, Jesus. And all of this is for God's glory, his splendor, his, you know, the worship and the gratitude that we should go to him, because he made all this, and he made all these good things, and, and he's turning all the things that were good, that were broken, back into better. And the one who's accomplishing this is Jesus, the very likeness of God. This is the ministry of reconciliation. My grandpa, who was a of a spiritual formation pastor, used to always talk about the ministry of reconciliation and prayer as pushing the darkness back, that we're just pushing back the darkness in our prayers and in, in our um, reconciliation ministry in our work by putting the spotlight on Jesus and never, ever, ever giving up, even when we're feeling dry and burnt out or discouraged and down. I'm going to close out this talk with um, one of my favorite theologians. His name is Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. He said this, I know it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really matter, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be good? How could it be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad has happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even the darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clear. Guys, I love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message, or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info@gardencitynw.com, or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.